let's do it like this we'll say welcome 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 to the toronto beer podcast with me as always chris schreier and look who's back it's mandy i titled this zoom meeting getting the band back together because i thought that was an appropriate uh appropriate title uh welcome back mandy good to have you kid thanks chris nice to see you nice to be back and actually, it's it's nice to have you back on the podcast. Just a guest, everybody. Mandy's still a very, very busy person. Uh, but uh, surely you can hear my son yelling in the background right now. Yeah, gosh. This is a highly professional podcast. Um, but, uh, but it's great to have you back. But even more so, it's actually great just to see you. Because I don't think I've actually seen you, aside from in social media posts, for I, probably a year. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Actually, you know, I, I saw you riding your bike home a couple times when I was going for a walk near your house. But I didn't see you. But I didn't talk to you or see you. I said, yeah, but I saw I saw you right about. Hi, Chris. Uh, I'm sorry, I missed it. A lot of people, especially on my mail route, it's so funny because I'll be delivering mail. And somebody will be like, "Do you ride your bike to work?" And I always, my first thought is like, "A, how do they know this?" And B, they probably think it's kind of crazy to ride your bike to a job where you then walk a lot. Um, but I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be like, yeah, I do. And then there, I was like, oh, I saw you on the bike path this morning. And I'm like, so now I'm really cautious because I don't want to like yell at somebody who then I have to deliver their mail if they do something. So sometimes like people walk out in front of me and I just like lean on the brakes. And I'm in my mind, I'm like, but I'm like, don't worry. It's, it's okay. We like to share the path. It's fine. Anyway. That's not the point of tonight. Uh, hey, uh, the first thing, as you now well know, uh, we need to talk about some beer. And I know you've got something on the go. I'm going to give the good folks at home a little uh, a little bit of this. What I've just gone ahead and opened, we're going for another left field night, which I am stoked for. This is 10 cent beer night. Now, actually, it occurs to me, we were talking, if we, were, if we move to a second beer, we both have a beer, the same beer, queued up. Not going to be a fantastic, it's going to be a step down in terms of alcohol and aggressive flavor, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm having a 10 cent beer night, which is a double IPA, clocking in at a generous 7.8%. Mandy, why don't you tell the kids at home what you're drinking? Yeah, sure thing. I'm drinking a queen of baseball. I, I couldn't wait. Sorry, I'm a bad, bad guest. Um, Queen of Baseball, which is a, an IPA that's brewed with all South African hops, and it's a collab with my pals over at the Beer Sisters, Crystal and Tara Luxmore. I didn't realize it was all South African hops. Yeah. I didn't even know South African hops were a thing. I've missed that entirely. That's that's horrible of me. That's all good. Yeah, no, we, uh, we had our, a hard time getting our hands on them the first time around when we brewed it last year, and we were fortunate to, to be able to score some more of them, so made another batch. It's, Super fresh, super tasty. That's awesome. Uh, I know that 10 cent beer night, uh, I don't know what hops it has in it. It just has hops, but I know this one. I've had it multiple times. Saying to Mandy before we started the record that uh, I've made some poor life decisions with this beer in my hand. Um, not because of the beer, but then the beer was the bad life choice because when you're having one more and then you end up having one, one more and you already had four of something else, it's just, it's a headache waiting to happen, but it's a delicious, delightful brew. Now, should I guess? Do you want me to stab the hops? Never, uh, good, usually never a good idea to have another and then another when you're drinking double IPAs. That's kind of the rule I live by. I think what I need to get better at 
is not making a double IPA my last beer of the night ever. Like that's, that's just yeah, that's a wise choice. The other night, sorry, I'm bashing off my desk and stuff here. I'm like, I feel like my son. Oh, you know what it is? Grace uses this for her school, and she's adjusted the chair. So my knee wasn't clearing the bottom of my desk the way it's supposed to. Ugh, online learning. Actually, I think it's great. It keeps the kids out of the classroom so they don't get sick. But that's just my opinion. Um, I also am not home to have to deal with it. So that's, you know, neither here nor there. Um, I can't remember what I was going to say about that. But anyway, uh, do you, I want to try and stab at these hops. I haven't read the, the data on it. I mean, it's very citrusy. Uh, and would you, sorry, I was going to say, do you know them off the top of your head? I was going to say, would you know, but that sounds. Them right now, because I can uh, never remember which if it, Unless it's something special, like I know Queen of Baseball is exclusively South African hops, but right. other no, nah, I'm quickly trying to search here for what they are. I don't know if off the top of my head. Uh, you know what? We don't have to do that. It is. <laughs> I said citrusy. I mean, there is definitely some citrus to it. It's very orangey, maybe. But there's a really other tropical thing going on. Last couple of times I've had this, I haven't been thinking about it. I've been thinking about how I shouldn't be. I just remembered the thing I was going to say. Um, I probably shouldn't be having this one more. Yeah, it's interestingly evergreeny and also ma mangoey. It might be mangoey. There's maybe one hop that I would hope that you could pick out in it, and then the other ones are like kind of ubiquitous. So. Well, that's a lot of pressure. There's one hop that if you aren't a total idiot, you should be <laughs> able to identify. So go ahead and identify it. The problem now is I'm gonna I'm gonna back myself up on this. And so the problem now is oh well, that might be the problem. Hmm. I was gonna say, unless it's one of the really obvious ones. So many hops now are kind of blending flavor-wise into each other where you're like, oh yeah, that, that's, I mean, it's it's clearly gotta be Cascade. It's got a really orange peely, grapefruit peely kind of thing going on. And the person's like, no, not at all. It's Bavarian Sabro. And you're like, what? That doesn't even grow in Germany. Like, but this one did. And you're like, well, how was I supposed to know that? Um, give me one second. Azaka. No, but not a bad guess, actually. Thanks, I tried. That was the best I could come up with off the top of my head. What's it got? Uh, this one's got Nelson Sylvain. Does it really? Yeah, Citra and Mosaic. But Citra and Mosaic are pretty common in a lot of our IPAs. Yeah, and I mean, I also find Citra and Mosaic kind of confuse my brain a lot of the time. When they're together, I have trouble picking either of them. And I don't know why that happens, but that's super common. The Nelson's interesting, though. Maybe part of what was throwing me when I was like, is that like mangoey? Is that it's more like white winey, which like maybe a little bit more on the stone fruit side of things, which makes sense. I'd buy that. You don't look like and you I, buy it, but that's all right. I hopping rates in it, but I know that we don't use it delicately in that beer. So that's the right attitude, I think. Um, super cool. Uh, tell us a little bit more about Queen of Baseball. Taste-wise, if you oh, yeah, tell me anything you want, I, you already told a little, a little bit about where it came from. But um, what can I tell you about this? I always just—I'm not the brewer, right? Like I'm the marketer, so I want to tell you about 
the illustration and the name and the label, but maybe that's not what Hey, no, that's fine. Go for it. I don't know why my voice just went so high there. Hey, that's fine. <clears throat> Go ahead. I think that's great. Yeah, no, the Queen of Baseball is the nickname for a really badass baseball player named Lizzie Murphy. And Lizzie Murphy was the first um, first woman to play in professional play, to play professional baseball in the majors. So when was that? Uh, oh God, I don't, I'm horrible at history. I don't know. I don't know the year. A long, long, long time ago. Pre the women's league during World War II. Uh, I don't know. worry. Don't worry. Keep going. But so she was playing with men yes, professionally. She was. Yeah. Wow. And playing at their level, and yeah, she was. She was great. She was a badass. That's pretty so, cool. Yeah. It's funny. I assumed I couldn't remember the name of the person off the top of my head. I remembered the beer name and that it was referring to a female baseball player. Fair. But I assumed it was somebody from the the what was the name of that? It wasn't called the Women's League, was All it? American girls Baseball. Exactly. Yeah. I just assumed it was somebody from that. So that's that's extra cool. Yeah, no, it's 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 super neat. Uh yeah, so she was a cool player. She has all kinds of interesting stats if you're curious about them. They're in on our website and the tasting notes of the beer. But um we have this really fun illustration done up for the nice. Yeah. Yeah, she's just a really cool baseball player. So we thought brewing this with the Beer Sisters as a collab, it'd be cool to have a, a woman-inspired beer. And so obviously baseball is pretty centered around um, it is? Like men. Oh, I thought you were going to say around the brewery. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Absolutely. It's really important to celebrate the fact that, I, I mean, people from... I was going to say people our age, I realize you're probably a chunk younger than me, but it's not hard to remember the movie A League of Their Own, which I believe was early to mid 90s, 92 ish, 93. Um, But for a whole host of people now, that's not on Netflix. So, Um, but for most people, that would be kind of the extent of their understanding of female involvement in baseball was like, oh, yeah, when the guys were all off to war, they let them play. Um, so that's super cool. That's awesome. And that's available right now at the uh, brewery. Yeah, it's available at the brewery and for home delivery. I didn't personally get any because, uh, I opted for, what did I get last week? I got two of the, uh, black women in motion packs, um, which was great because I mean, for one, it's a mixed pack, so that's good. And then the other thing is with the exception of the O'Neill, all five of the beers in the mix pack were beers that I was like, I totally know those and would buy them anyway. And then the O'Neill, I was like, eh, can't be. Oh, wait, I think I did have it. Cause that's the one that's named. Is that the one that's named after the resin? O'Neill? Yeah. No, it's named after Tip O'Neill, uh, oh. famous Canadian baseball player. Oh, nice. What's the one? Didn't you guys have a stout that was named after the, the resin bags that pitchers use? Oh, what was it called? I swear. A stout name. Are you thinking? It might not have been a stout. Yeah, what was it? Are you thinking of Blackburn? Yes. Blackburns are yeah, it's our annual imperial stout, and that's named after the rubbing mud that they put on baseballs. That's what it is. It's the mud. It's not the resin bag. Come on, I was part of the way there. I mean, it was an imperial stout, and that's pretty good. And it's Blackburn. That's what I was thinking maybe the O'Neill was. And I was like, wait, I have had that. Um, I just 
didn't connect any of the dots properly. Um, and it's, it's a banger. I had it. Uh, I only got two and I only have one left. It's next. If we get there, um, my pesky watch, I hate this. It tells me to move. Can you see this? It's telling you to move, but look at the numbers. You you have over 20,000 steps. And my goal was 16. Don't tell me my business watch. I've moved plenty. (laughs) Stupid watch. Anyway. Um, that happens to me all the time when I do the podcast and I never complain about it because I'm not generally talking to an actual other person. Like there are people watching live, but it's sort of six degrees. When I actually am talking to somebody, I feel like I can moan about that. It really pisses me off. It would be one thing if I hadn't made my goal yet. That's a lot of, that's a lot of movement in a day. I stopped wearing mine because uh, it, I, it was embarrassing. I wasn't even getting 3000 steps a day. And it was like, move, move, move all the time. So I just took it off and threw it in the basement and it's been there for months. Shut up, stupid watch. What was your um, um, abusive device of choice? Were you an Apple Watch wearer or a Garmin? Or... I have a Fitbit. A Fitbit? Yep. I don't know why that wasn't the first one that came to my mind. I was an Apple Watch guy. I had a great Apple Watch that Erica bought me actually for our anniversary. Because 15, this was, shoot, th- two and a half years ago, Um 15 uh uh the modern gift i believe is timepieces so she bought me an apple watch which is quite oh, nice. nice yeah um and i had it for quite a period of time um smashed the screen once managed to replace it um with a screen protector on by the way i'm not i'm not good with my toys uh but then smashed it again and caused irreparable damage so i actually still have it um because i couldn't bring myself to get rid of it but uh, it doesn't work so it just sits in my drawer on my desk and I periodically pull it out and look at it and go, Hmm. But then I got a Garmin. It's um, it does, it does less, but they're tougher and they hold a way longer battery charge. So yeah. For good stuff. Yeah. And, and like, I didn't use most of what an Apple watch did anyway. Like my Garmin shows me emails and texts and I can sort of respond to them on the watch, but I never really did that anyway. I found it too cumbersome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I can go, Oh, that's something I need to deal with now. Or I can go like, Oh, okay, cool. I can deal with that later. Um, yeah. And then it's all, all, everything else is just fitness tracking. I kind of got into a fitness kick uh, since I, I healed up my broken ankle and I care about things now. So yeah. Great to hear. I know, right? I keep telling people, it's like, I feel like a, such a stupid Instagram person, but at 40, I'm probably in the best shape I've been since I was probably 19. Do you have a fitness account? Oh, like Strava or something like that? No, like an Instagram account, like Chris Schreier. Oh gosh, no, that'd be awful. I have a Strava account and I hate that, but I use it again. Cause like what I'm, what I care about is metrics. Like I like data mm-hmm. and, uh, so I had a Strava account that was linked to my Apple watch. And when I got my Garmin, the Garmin app just naturally connects to Strava and they share a ton of data, which is great. Um, and so I, 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 I had Strava and now I have Garmin. Nobody's followed me on Garmin and I don't even want people to try, but I have some people who follow me on Strava and I'm like, okay, cool. I don't care whatever. I don't use the social aspect of it. Like I don't scroll through and be like, oh, look, my buddy Dave's obviously training for a marathon again because he just did a long run. Like I don't care about that stuff. But then what's weird is I, I know I could probably make my posts private and just use it just completely, but I would have to actually then look into the, the, the app and figure that out. And I've never bothered. So I've got like three friends who frequently, they call it giving kudos. It's like a like, yeah. 
And uh, uh, my buddy, Matt, a, a beer guy from back in the day, lives down in London now. Uh, guy I work with, uh, Russ, and my buddy, Dave. And so frequently, I'll get like, especially at work, what always happens is I get to work and I'm starting my sort and I'm doing stuff and I get dinged. And it's like, oh yeah, R Russ gave me kudos for, because I, I, I clock every ride. So my commutes, like every day, I have a ride in and a ride back from work. And, and he hits me all the time and i'm like i don't get like i don't I know that i have strava and i think it's really i use it exactly the same for the same reasons as you that it's a uh, just for metrics so i use it a lot for hiking yeah uh, i really use the social aspect but just the concept of like giving kudos for your commute for a thing that like we do every day yeah there's an app just for that like i did the dishes today <laughs> kudos exactly yeah kudos. yeah good work you did the thing you said you were gonna do way to go listen to that app developers get on it i think that would be really fun. really fun just to have someone give you a little bit of encouragement for the things you have to do anyway as an adult strava one time uh i was gonna say save my life that's a bit of an exaggeration strava one time saved me a ton of heartache and possibly a very cold night in the woods but uh i was doing uh, a couple years ago when I was doing the Saranac Lake uh, six hike, which I probably we've talked about. Um, yeah, we were talking about it leading into it because you were like, oh, you should get some of those poles. And I was like, yeah, maybe I didn't. Uh, and then I had a huge IT band meltdown. And so maybe I needed the poles. Um, mm -hmm. But the first ascent I was doing, I lost the trail because it was the middle of the night and I was hiking with a headlamp. And the trail markers are like poker chips that have been nailed to a tree. And they're reflective, but like, there's not a lot of them. And so I'd lost the trail and, uh, but I'd been, I'd been clocking it on Strava. So the problem was I'd lost the trail and, uh, I had really patchy, um, uh, cell phone connection. Mm -hmm. And so when I pulled out my phone, I tried to open my maps and I didn't have enough of a cell phone connection to, uh, to, to load a map but I could open my Strava and see where I'd been. So I couldn't like change the map and I couldn't move the map around, but I could see the path that I'd taken and then using like, Oh yeah, I remember I did this and I did that and I made a turn here and I, that was here. And now I'm facing uphill here. So I am somewhere around here. So if I walk that way and I managed to using my Strava, get back to my last checked in point and then carry on with the thing. But if I hadn't had my Strava, I would have been in the woods in the dark. And like, literally, I could see the lights of Lake Placid about seven miles away. Like, that's it. So I would have been walking to Lake Placid. I would have bumped into a road before I got there and I probably could have hitchhiked somewhere. But like, yeah. That's some scary stuff. It was crazy. That night, actually, I just remembered, because I said I could have hitchhiked somewhere. I hitchhiked that night. And you know those those quiz things, and it's like, give yourself a point for all of these things that you've done. I've always said no for the hitchhiking. I forgot I hitchhiked that night. Yeah, I hitchhiked with a couple to get back to my car. It was great. Anyway, this has gotten really derailed. It's just like old times. Um, Ten Cent Bear Night's going down a treat, though. I'm going to be loose as a goose in a couple of minutes. Uh, look at you. I need you to talk a bit more because I got to get caught up. And these beers are wildly different in, in alcohol content, right? Like that one's like high fives. Six. It's six even. Okay. I was thinking it was like five, seven or five, eight. Okay. So it's not wildly different, but it's slightly different. Uh, hey. Hey. Why don't you 
just tell the good folks at home a little bit about how you guys have, in a broad picture sense, dealt with the pandemic for the past year. What's, I mean, everybody understands the changes. Like you can't have people in the tap room and it's all package. All of your licensees are gone and some of them are dead and whatever, like that's sad stuff we know, but like, just what are some like creative things or like what's been going on? And, and let me have a sip of beer while you uh, discuss that. I said to the team when this whole thing started, it's like, we, I kept saying we're in survival mode, we're in survival mode. And so everything we were doing is different. The way we were approaching everything is different. And lately I think we're all just feeling like, like everybody else, like how much longer is this going to last? And I think coupling that feeling with survival mode, it's like, holy cow, how long can we be in survival mode for? So I don't know. It's been, it's, it's worn us all down. I feel like I've aged 10 years in a year. I'm sure many people are feeling the same, uh, but we're surviving. So that's good. I mean, that's the best we can ask for right now. We have um, in preparation for potential ministry of health inspections, all businesses required to have a COVID safety plan. So I'm like constantly looking at ours and updating it. Um, and there's a spot on the COVID safety plan where it's like, how are you going to make sure that uh, this plan is working? And uh, one of the things is like monitor cases. And so I was looking at it today and it says zero. I'm like, hey, that's pretty good. Like <laughs> we're 13 plus months into this, zero cases in the workplace. The odds probably say that that would be or should be, could be otherwise. Um, no immediate family members of us or anyone in the workplace have been um, impacted with a, a positive case. So, I mean, we have lots to be thankful for. So as horrible as it all feels, like we still get to make beer, do what we love, have a job, have a business, um, and everyone's been healthy. So I think that's something to be pretty grateful for, pretty happy about. Uh, but it hasn't come without tons of, I hate the word pivot now, but like pivoting and hard work uh being creative so we've, we've done all those things i mean every brewery nearly every brewery now has like an online shop and is doing home delivery we were really lucky when it all happened because we had had our online shop set up for years and we're already doing pretty regular canada post deliveries that piece of the business was so teeny tiny and then overnight it was like whoa <laughs> exploded um but we also have like a we don't have a big licensee sales team, but it's more than just one person. I mean, we have two delivery drivers, two sales reps, um, an inside salesperson. And so we had like a handful of people that were working in full-time capacity and bars and restaurants closed. Like that was it, it was done. So that entire team was moved on to home delivery and they, frankly, they created the home delivery program and they've been working at it ever since. And I had one of our sales reps say to me recently, Oh, it just occurred to me this week that now I've been working in home delivery. Or I don't know if you met him or, or Rep. Kevin. I've been working in home. I've been working on the home delivery program longer than I've been a sales rep. <laughs> Can we just have our lives back, please? Um, so the team's been fantastic. We wouldn't we wouldn't be surviving without the, the good work that they're doing. But the home delivery program has been it's been great. It's what's kept our brewery alive because such a big piece of our business was uh, selling to bars and restaurants. And I mean that's like. I don't want to talk about that because it's super depressing, but it's absolutely devastating seeing what's happening to our, our friends in the bars and restaurants. Um, if you have the means to do so, please, please, please find ways to support them. Um, grab some takeout, grab some beer, give them a review on Google, uh, give them a like on Facebook. Every little thing helps. 
Um, it's really, really horrible what's happening in their world, but it's a pandemic and I don't know, I think we're yeah. the best we can. Yeah. I know, um, I had like three different thoughts in that and I was right. like, which, which direction should I go? The one thing I will say for people to really, um, it's the kind of thing that like a brewer wouldn't necessarily say because they don't, they don't want to appeal for like people's sympathy. And you're right. Like bars and restaurants, I say have had it worse insofar as they just got shut. Like, <laughs> and then managed to reopen for like, takeout or something like it's nightmare and like obviously you know i know the guys at castro's they also own the dakota they thought until like maybe a month ago that the dakota was gone that they weren't going to be able to keep it that it was going to have to close but it was just like it was always just on the cusp and they've rounded a corner now they think and so between government supports and um, their landlord was really good with them. They actually two separate landlords between the two bars, but both landlords have been really supportive and really helpful. And they think they're going to make it as, as long as they can open this year at some point, um, which is just terrible to think. But, uh, but, uh, but from a brewery's point of view, what's that? That's the way we're all thinking. And it is April right now. Yeah. And yeah. I just have made the same comment earlier today. Hope we'll be drinking in the tap room by the end of the year. I don't think so. Like, what? Where are we? Yeah, the year's a third over. Like 2021's a third over. It's crazy. Uh, but what I was gonna say, not so much about that, although that's by the way, good news. <laughs> they they think they're gonna hold on. Yes, um, but a huge thing that people don't appreciate is packaging beer for licensees, i.e., mainly in kegs, is a significantly different process than packaging all of your beer in cans. Like it's, it's again, staying away from the P word, but like, it's just a completely different business. The making the beer part, pretty much the same, but from the point it's in the, the, the bright tank onwards, it's completely different. It requires different equipment. It requires different staffing work, like a uh, capacity. It's just completely different and it's not easy to be like, oh yeah, we went from, I don't know, I'm just inventing here, but I'm gonna guess, 60 to 70% of your business is probably keg to like none of your business is keg. Like that's huge. That's about half and half. So, okay. but that was also taking into consideration, like we served a lot of kegs in our tap room. So that plus the kegs that went out to licensees, that was about half. So ordinarily what I would do the packaging numbers when the beer was put in the right, it would almost always be about half in kegs, half in cans. And like, with some of our retail brands a little higher, what offs a little higher in kegs. Um, and then these days it's all of course going into cans. Yeah. And yes, on like the people side, it it's a it's a lot more work. It's a lot it's a lot different. Um, but also just storage requirements and purchasing and cash flow. Like we had cardboard upon cardboard, boxes, cans, boxes, cans. And it's like oh, that shipment of cans doesn't even fit in our truck to take it to our off-site warehouse. What are we going to do? Oh, now we have to start receiving shipments somewhere else. And, oh, the cardboard suppliers, like everybody's buying packaged goods now. So instead of it, instead of you needing to order your cardboard 10 days in advance, you need to order it six weeks in advance. Well, that's a really big difference. So just like when I say survival mode, it's not just like pandemic survival mode. It's like every element of the business is completely different. It's like thrown up in the air and you got to catch it in the right manner and put it all back together again. Yeah. It, it's been absolutely wild. So we're starting to like get in the, the flow of things, but 
everything, everything's different. Like we're not the same business anymore. We're not the same people anymore. It's wild. I think for me, one of the big tells, by the way, I'm about to pour an O'Neill hey. stout. I was going to wait for you. Here we go. Yeah. Thanks for waiting. I noticed you'd finished. I'm going to do the Stephen Beaumont quick swirl. Um, yeah. One of the things for me that was telling was when Godspeed picked up, I think two skews at the LCBO. And I was like, oh, that's really different because up to probably the week before the pandemic got real, real, real serious. If you'd asked Bim, oh, are you going to list any of your beers at the LCBO? He'd be like, no, like, why would I? Like, I make a certain amount of beer. I sell that amount of beer. We're good. <laughs> like, they, they sell out of things sometimes and people get annoyed at them. And he's like, why would I sell at the LCBO? I can't really keep my beer fridge stocked. And then I think it was in like the summer last year. There was like, they put up a social media post and was like, yeah, we're, uh, we got two skis at the LCBO. So if you want us, that's where you can find us super easy. And I was like, whoa, that's you know, not that they had anything against selling at the LCBO, but just it was never part of their business plan. And then it was like, oh, well, you know, we got to move these cans. We got to get them in as many channels as we can. So that was wild. Um, what do you know about the O'Neill Stout here, Mandy? Uh, it's a stout. This is a stout we've wanted to make for ages. I'm so thrilled that we finally made it. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, we just want like way, way back in the day when we were contract brewing, um, we had made a stout in, I guess, like late winter, just prior to St. Patrick's Day, basically. Um, what was it called? Do I remember this stout? It was called King Kelly. It was like two yeah. kegs of a dry Irish stout. And it was, I feel like I had that in an event some, someplace. Yeah, we only served it at an event. I think we served it at, Let's I see. may be wrong on this, but it might have been like the steam whistle winter beer fest and then oh, could be i was thinking i thought it might have been, it might have been at kaylee cottage but that's not right is it it's possible that yeah we may maybe did like a cast with our pal owen there for something hmm. and we probably have it at one of the only winter beer fests as well there oh like, you know what i bet that's where i had it three or four kegs and that was it we made it on a really small scale somewhere i don't there know. was a period where i didn't miss an only beer fest for like four years. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, so that's, I bet that's where. Anyway, go on. You made O'Neill. Yeah, so it's like we wanted to make this beer for a long time, which was like just a very dry, sessionable stout, really like a dry Irish stout. We didn't actually end up calling this one Irish stout in terms of the style name because we made it with 100% with one hundred Canadian ingredients. We wanted to call it a, you know us, we like to like make up weird style names that are not real style names. I'm sure Stephen Beaumont hates that sort of thing. Um, By the way, I think we can say anything we want about Stephen Beaumont on this podcast. Does not listen. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, some people, him and others included, like don't like making up style names. But I don't know. I think there's different ways to describe describe beer. And so, if making a dry Irish stout, but with entirely Canadian sourced ingredients, like what is that? Is there such thing as a Canadian stout? Do we have the right to make up a new style name? I don't know the answers to these questions. So we ended up going with just stout. Um, but it is made with an entirely Canadian ingredient. So a lot of the malt comes from Barnell malting in Belleville, but we actually worked with Red Shed in Alberta. Um, mm. They made a custom roast barley for us and sent that over. So it was our first time working with them. Um, and then we worked with um, VQH hops and we 
Oliver East comes from escarpment and wealth. Like brewery wide now, you're all escarpment? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's so good. Love mm -hmm. those guys. I think so. I might be wrong on that. If we do like a one-off here or there, I don't know if our lager stuff comes from them, but like the majority of what we make in-house comes from comes from escarpment. And they are a fantastic company and a fantastic supplier. So yeah. shout out to escarpment. Yeah. Um, Can't say yeah. those good things about them. We were excited to make a style like this, which was just like an easy drinking, really nice, clean, dry stout. Uh, and we had always wanted to have a stout around St. Patrick's Day, but at that time of the year, what ends up happening is in December and January, we've released way too many stouts. The weather's starting to get warmer. Yeah, and everyone's like, come on! Everyone wants what your whatever your spring beer is gonna be, and everyone's like, I don't want your I don't want your dark beer anymore, and we're trying to clear out all of our stouts. So we planned for this one in advance and made a stout and released it in time for um, St. Patrick's Day, which was not a big, a big wild event yeah, this year. Not a big seller, eh? Turns uh, out. But you know what? No, it's, it's selling well. It's a beer that we. I meant St. Patrick's Day, not the beer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and everyone at the brewery is loving it. I mean, you know how people always like to know, oh, what is the what does the brewer like to drink? Like, this is what a lot of us are, are signing. But up. you know what's so funny about that question? I hate about that question. Not to talk over you there. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't tell you how often I've been in a tap room or in the actual physical brewery of, I mean, a handful of breweries, but we can all guess what they are. It's not rocket science. And had somebody ask the server or the brewer or whoever exactly that. And then the brewer or the server says what they say. And the person's like, oh, <laughs> you're like, then why did you ask? Like, <laughs> You ask, so just say, yeah, I'll have one of the, or don't even ask. Just say, just give me one of whatever. And then go from there. They know what they're talking about. <laughs> like, you don't got to get all judgy on their tastes. <laughs> like, uh, but no, it's, this is fantastic. Um, it's interesting you brought up the, the custom roast, shall we call it malt? Because if you gave this to me blind, I would say, I wouldn't have necessarily immediately said dry Irish and not because it's not to style, but because there is, um, let me have a sip and make sure I get the wording right. I think richness is the word to the roasted malt. So a lot of the time that roasted malt quality comes out, um, as like coffee, like, but like, brewed coffee not coffee beans or it comes out um like cocoa-y but more like cocoa powder not like dark chocolate so like to me coffee beans and dark chocolate are like rich interpretations of that scent or flavor whereas like brewed coffee or dry like cocoa powder are a little bit more reductive they're they're more basic you know there's less there's less nuance to them and, and it is giving me, it's not coffee-like, it, it's also not super chocolatey, but it's roasted barley, but roasted barley in that like uh, concentrated or like rich sense, which is fantastic, but often isn't what you get out of a dry stout. And I think that has more to do with the fact that the kind of, gen generic isn't the right word, but the easily accessible dark roasted malts maybe don't have quite the same pop they don't have quite the same like pungency has a negative connotation to it but like 
I can tell you because of the alcohol content and because of the color of the beer, this doesn't have an exceptionally large amount of roasted malts in it compared to another stout. Like it isn't like you really threw a ton of something extra in. It's probably a pretty normal recipe within, you know, within the guidelines, you could say. But the the ingredient there, that that roasted barley, even before you mentioned it, I was wondering what was going on to the point where you would almost like, again, because it's barley, it's not chocolate, it's not coffee expressly. If it had had any nuance of that, I would have been like, oh, maybe there's some cocoa nibs in it or something like that. But it is. It's just like the barley's got more oomph to it somehow. Um, but it finishes really dry and, and and smooth. So it's like it's not an American stout. You get that sort of taste in an American stout where they've jacked up the barley content to get it up to like six and a half, seven percent. But this is only four point five. But it's got a lot of the same kind of intensity of flavor. It's fantastic. Yeah, it is, it is pretty bold. You're right. I see what you're saying there. Uh, maybe that's the difference. I don't know. I'm not a brewer. Just speculating. But maybe that's the difference between like a, a mass market ingredient on, and a craft produced, small producer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, it's not like, I'm not saying like Vireman makes like bad roasted malt or something like that, but it's just, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a different source. It's, smaller batch maybe a little bit not more care but like smaller batch you can give more attention to it's less well mass produced you know i don't know if that's it but when i had the other can uh a couple of days ago i had the exact same thought when i first sipped it i was like oh okay it's 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 like an american stout and then i was like oh wait but it's only 4.5 percent that's like that's like stout territory, not American stout territory. And it's even like the, my whole thing about the Venn diagrams of stout and porter are like, it's nearly a circle in the middle. <laughs> like there's just these two, there are a few beers where you're like, that's definitely a porter and that's definitely a stout. And like some of the characteristics that normally make you think of like brown porter versus like dry stout, one of the things is a little bit of a richer kind of malt quality to it. And so, but I mean, everything else about it would be wrong for that, but it's like, in a way, it's almost kind of nudge that middle part out a little bit more. It's yeah. really cool. I like it. Cool. Glad you like it. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're really loving it too. Like I said, most people are signing some of these out at the end of their day to take home. Ordinarily, I would say sitting down at the bar and ordering one of these, but oh. now signing out our beer to take it home and drink for ourselves. One of my thoughts that I did have when you were describing, um, sort of your your pivot because now we'll just use the word who cares um but one thought i had and one of my regular rants to people who'll still listen which hey let's be fair not a lot um but uh so you look at schools as an easy example with covid school protocols at least within the tdsb are the exact same protocols that they used when they reopened schools in the fall, when they were still treating COVID as a virus that spread predominantly through droplet and surface contact. Mm -hmm. And the World Health Organization still hasn't said this, but pretty much every expert who's been working on the virus says, no, no, it's spread through aerosolization. Yeah, it's airborne. Yeah, same as like measles. Like, you can walk into a room that a positive person was in two hours before and you could conceivably get the virus. And that was even pre-variant. There was that story about the, the choir in, uh, in, in Washington state 
and they had a choir practice. They were adhering to all the rules. It was pre-lockdown. It was early, early days. And there was like 63 people. And of the 63 people who attended, 54 came down with COVID. And at that point, like virologists were like, it's really improbable that those 54 people all touched the same door handle or like, you know, got droplet. Tri- like that would just take such an exceptional thing. But singing aerosolizes way better than just talking. It mm-hmm. looks like it's aerosolized. And uh, and so one of the scary things is the way you combat aerosolized virus is high air turnover, right? That's why it's so much safer outside than inside um, because there's just such a bigger volume of air. But what occurred to me for breweries and especially breweries like yours where there's no division between the tap room and the actual brewing space is breweries like that have crazy high HVAC turnover where the kettles and everything, you have to be constantly turning the air over in the room. Otherwise you get mold and all sorts. We have all kinds of those, like the vents and fans in the ceiling that are like pulling air in. And then we have a big HVAC system that's like bringing new stuff in. Exactly. And so tap rooms are potentially going to be the safest place to go have beers in the early days of getting back into it compared to dingy bars in the basement of a building that has an HVAC system from the seventies. Like breweries are going to be set up to be like, we're not safe, but we're safer. (laughs) So maybe, I don't know. Just that I I think it's going to take a while for people to get used to being in even post vaccinations to be, in a room maskless with strangers. Like, I think that that's gonna take some time. It's like, have you ever been someplace where you can drive without wearing a seatbelt? And I mean, like safely, like in private property where you're driving. No, but that was so weird, yeah. Yeah, so whenever we go up to the summer camp uh, that we, we used to work at, that we have friends at still, one of the kids' favorite parts is once we're through the gate, they can sit in the car while we're driving without wearing their seatbelts because we're driving at such a slow rate. Even if we hit a tree, like they might break a nose or like bash up their face a little or something, but like it's, you're not going to get seriously hurt in a 10 kilometer an hour car accident. So we let them ride around without their seatbelts on. And it's like such a novelty to them. Um, For me, it's annoying because I have to put my seatbelt in behind me because my Volkswagen will not shut up about the fact that I don't have a seatbelt on while I'm driving. It just constantly is making noises at me. And so I have to kind of put it behind me. And it's not very comfortable, but it's such a weird mental switch to be like, sit down and not immediately, you know, reach for the seatbelt. And it's going to be, I think, like you say, it's going to be the same for people with masks where it's like, There are people who are dying to take it off. I get that. But like, yeah, that sense, like I've walked into the house and reached for my mask and been like, oh yeah, no, no, I don't have to do this. Like, this is a safe inside space. I'm okay. TV shows or movies right now. And if people go like extra close to one another and uh, they're not in the same household or if they're not masked in like a weird environment like that, I feel a little like, ooh, like you get a little cringy. So I think a lot of this, like, we're, like I said earlier, we're, we're different people now. It's going to take some time to adjust to whatever this new version of ourselves are. Totally. The new version of society. Yeah, that's awesome. But not awesome. It's awful that we've had to do that. But it will be awesome is what I was trying to say when we get back. I have friends in New Zealand and they post photos. Um, friend of mine 
two weeks ago was in a, a, a at a punk rock show in a grimy little club. There was maybe 250 people packed in, low ceiling. Just looking at the photo, you could smell the beer and the sweat. Like, and on the one hand, I was like, that's disgusting. And on the other hand, I was like, oh man, I remember that. Like, I remember feeling somebody's skin against my skin packed into a concert and it's not your own sweat yeah Yeah. and like people are all around you screaming at the lyrics and like you're screaming the lyrics and everyone's out of breath and sweaty and like and like they're doing it and it's so weird yeah you see it and you're like oh that doesn't look right at all but they're fine they're doing well us not so much but uh hey let's uh let's change gears a little bit now i do have an event that i teased and it's we don't have paperwork yet, but it's official. Uh, but do you want to talk about anything you got coming down the pike? Do you want me to do this, and you can think if there's anything you want to throw to? I like that. I want to make sure the date here. I'm just going to open up my calendar and make sure I got the date right. It is the twentieth. So I don't know because we are pre-recording this episode, friends. Uh, where we are going to be at come Monday, which is some days away still right now, but I'm pretty sure we're going to be good. And if not, I can just edit this out. But the event that I teased out is, uh, looks like it's a go ahead. So some of you who follow Sawdust City Brewing on the socials will have seen, they've released four loggers that they made entirely with ingredients that they got through brew culture, which is what do we call an importer uh supply supplier 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 is the word i'm looking for so all of the ingredients are through brew culture funny enough one of the gentlemen at brew culture dan and the brewmaster sam actually live on opposite sides of of a ravine and can walk down the hill and see each other and then walk back up um so they've made these these four beers. What we're going to do, we're going to put together a little package you can get online uh, from Sawdust City. There's a, a cutoff date, but on the uh, the 20th of May, so about a month from now, we're going to do a uh, Zoom meeting where myself and Sammy and Dan from Brew Culture are going to uh, walk through these four beers. And uh, the package will have um, some beers, probably a little bag of munchies or something, nothing super intentional, and some information about uh, both the beers and the ingredients in the beers. And uh, you can order it, have it brought to your house, wherever you are, as long as you're in Ontario. And then at the appointed time, which will be 7.30 on the 20th, unless things have changed, but we're hoping they haven't, uh, uh, jump on the Zoom call. We'll take you through what the beers are, do a little sharing. People can ask questions. We're saying it's going to run about 90 minutes, but we also know how these things go. Um, And none of us have a heart out that night that we know of. So 90 minutes, 200, we don't know. It'll go until it goes, uh, but it's going to be a really good time. We don't have numbers yet, uh, but when the, that information drops, obviously it's going to be on Sawdust. It'll be here. We'll we'll let you know. We're hoping to keep it. the The package is hopefully going to be in the teens ish of dollars. Um, shipping will 
be an issue-ish, but we're going to try and figure out a way that you, we either have a discount code or something that we can make work. So that's all in the hands of the marketers, people like Mandy. But uh, but we're going to do this, and it's going to be a fantastic time. We're going to do a little Sawdust Brew Culture Toronto Beer Podcast tasting, and uh, that that's uh, my exciting um, thing. I think the only exciting thing I have, that's not true. I have a wonderful family and a dog, but it's the only exciting event I have planned uh, for the next month. So uh, that should be fun. So full details to follow, but you might want to pencil in uh, Thursday, May the 20th. It is the Thursday right before the long weekend. And that was intentional because uh, you could order in extra beer for the weekend and get that four pack to have uh as as a as a tasting with us so that's that's what we got going down uh mandy that you come up with and it sounds like you've already, you already have some marketers involved if you have that dropping on the thursday before the long weekend and you have sam and dan involved that sounds like a lot of fun uh you can be sure that it will be a good time if sam is involved Thanks. It will be. Sammy is always good value. We had a Zoom call last night to Planet, and it was fantastic. For those of you who don't know Sam, this might not be quite as endearing, but uh, as my screen is right now, Mandy's on my left, I'm on the right. Dan was on the left, I was on the right. We were chatting, we'd never met before, but you know, easy to get along. And then uh, you get the little Zoom window, you know, uh, Sam is joining the little dot, 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 dot. And then his screen comes on and uh, it's sideways. <laughs> We're like, Sam, um, I mean, we can work with this, but your screen's sideways. So could you just take your phone and reorient it a couple of times until you're in landscape, but oriented in the correct direction? So then he started doing that. And then somehow he managed to turn off his video and so then he was talking, but we're like, Sam, we can't see you. So then he got his video turned back on, but in doing that, he muted himself. <laughs> it took about three minutes. We got Sam oriented in the right direction with audio. And it was just, it was perfect. I was like, gosh, I've missed you, buddy. <laughs> oh, Sammy. Anyway, um, thank you for the kind words, Mandy. It will be fun. Welcome to join us, yourself and Mark. Drink some lagers. There's there the one I'm really excited about is they made a beer called Dad, which is like some dude whose name is starts with a D, David or Daniel or I don't know what. Um, oh, I've really should make notes. Anyway, DAD is an acronym, but it's a play on Dab, uh, which is a Dortmunder. Yeah. It's like somebody's some adjective Dortmunder, um, but I love Dab. Dab is like my grocery store cold yellow beer regular. Like, yeah, really? oh yeah. I don't have any in my fridge right now, but that's unusual. Like it's pretty common that I have a couple of cans of Dab in my fridge. I, you know, I like my lagers from Godspeed. I'm fine. I still, I just ordered some stuff from Great Lakes. I got their, their what state, not station 17, lap 17, the, the, cause Lackey's all into biking right now. Stage 17, that's what it's called. Nice. Um, but uh, but yeah, Dab just, it ticks all the right boxes for me somehow. I'm not entirely sure why. Partially it's cheap, but it's really good and cheap. So I like that. So I'm excited to try that one. And then there's a couple of others. There's a, there's a Pils and I think a Hellas and something else. I've forgotten. I'm not the marketer. Clearly, no, but uh, you did a pretty, a pretty good job of building up that, that event. I, I'm interested. Uh, 
I was also going to say May 20th, the day that you said it takes place, it, I believe is the last currently scheduled day of lockdown. Yes. And Sam <laughs> mentioned that and said, we should have it as like, you know, breaking out of lockdown. And I was like, do you really think we're getting out of lockdown on May 20th? <laughs> I figure people will be drinking a lot either with either decision. So either it's being extended, beer orders will be through the roof, or it's ended and everyone wants to get out into hopefully the weather will be nice, get out into parks and see see people again. Uh, in which case they'll be buying lots of beer as well. So it's a win-win. Yeah, it, yeah I totally agree with that. Yeah, I can't see the province letting us out of lockdown the day before the Victoria Day long weekend. Like, they didn't just let us out of lockdown right before Easter, but Easter really spiked our numbers. <laughs> like, the unfortunate reality is people are stupid. And uh, and so it, we ruin everything good. And I think, that said, that's not stopped the province before. So maybe they will. That'd be fantastic. It'd be great. I mean, over the holidays, they didn't wait. They waited until Boxing Day to shut everything down. So that was kind of the opposite world. But and our numbers went. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, he'll, uh, vaccines will be rolling out pretty good at that yeah. time. So. Yeah, the hope now I think is is really in that that as we're knocking the age numbers down, we can start to curb off some of the the worst parts of it. So that's that's the hope. So yeah, yeah, and you are absolutely right though that that is at midnight that night we exit lockdown in the current framework. So fingers crossed. But uh, Mandy, what do you got going on? You know, take some credit. Take some uh, take take the mic. I feel like we should have some more interesting stuff to talk about. But I don't know. I usually love to plug what we're doing at the brewery. Come on by. But I really don't want to encourage you to come by. We're our, our bottle shop is open, um, so you can come in to buy beer to go, but maximum three people inside. It's like in and out kind of thing. Um, we really encourage you to purchase for home delivery. So if anyone doesn't isn't aware, we have a home delivery program. We're delivering next day in Toronto, Monday to Friday, free with orders over $45. Uh, and then if you are in another market in the GTA, we basically go like uh, north, northwest, and west. We're not really going east of the city right now, but our postal code zone for our Monday to Friday, it goes all the way to anything in an M postal code, so all of Scarborough, uh, even the far-reaching areas of Scarborough. So for those other areas, we have delivery once a week. Um, we're going as far as like Hamilton, Kitchener-Waterloo, Cambridge, Georgetown, Milton, Newmarket, Aurora. So pretty good regions uh, for orders over $45 free. So take advantage of that program and stay home. We will bring the beer to you. And it is keeping our business alive. So thank you for those who are. So please do. <laughs> Thank you for those who are supporting it and uh, support your local bar and restaurant if you have the means to do so. I mean, uh, you probably won't find those same deals with getting a free delivery for an order over $45. Uh, the beer might be a little bit more expensive, but if you have the means to do so, I mean, that it's, if, if I think we're in survival mode, they're in like ultra, ultra survival mode. Um, so help them out wherever you can. Uh, we do not want a city or a province that doesn't doesn't include all of these really creative, fantastic, wonderful small contributors to our the culture of the places that we live. And without them, that, that's kind of what it's going to look like largely. So please support them. 
Um, what else do we have going on? I mean, we're, we're constantly trying to do whatever we can, even in these tough times, to help others and promote diversity and inclusion and uh, togetherness in beer. So our Beer for Everybody program is an initiative that runs year-round, and it works to um, help those um, who help communities who have otherwise perhaps been excluded from beer. Um, so we recently just wrapped up a campaign with Foodshare. Um, if you don't know Foodshare, they do some fantastic work in Toronto. We raised over $10,000 for Foodshare. Um, and we're now working with Black Women in Motion. So they're a really great organization in Toronto. They're a youth-led organization. And they uh, support the advancement of Black women and survivors of sexual violence. So they have some really fantastic initiatives. We're over $2,000 raised for them already. You can help support them by buying the six-pack that Chris mentioned a little bit earlier. You can just drop a donation when you're checking out. Um, on our website. And then we have a few other things that you can purchase. We have some really cool um, beer for everybody apparel. So it's like t-shirts and sweatshirts and uh, stickers that bear this beer for everybody emblem. And it's something that we really believe in that beer is a space that not, not everyone has always felt welcome in or been welcome to in the past. Um, and beer for everybody is a motto that we've long used around the brewery before we turned it into a logo and a sticker and a t-shirt. Um, as just a way that, way of being to make sure that we invite and welcome everyone into beer. So if you walk through the front doors of the brewery, we believe that even if you don't think you like beer and you may be there purchasing for someone else or just curious, taking a look around, we're gonna help you find a beer that you like if you're open to discovering beer. Um, and you're welcome in what we do. So that's what Beer for Everybody's all about. Um, if you'd like to learn more, there's a very long-winded blog post on our website at leftfieldbury.ca. Uh, and that's kind of what we're up to. I don't know. We're just trying to have fun with making beer, make the most of being able to continue doing what we do during a time where many can't be doing what they, what they love right now and trying to stay positive through it all and stay safe. Hit me with some info on your seltzer. It's so hot right now, oh, seltzer. I forgot the seltzers. I literally just remembered it, so don't worry. Yeah, I've been drinking so much seltzer. Good gracious. So there was a secret seltzer club that emerged at the brewery. And I mean, it took me a little while to discover it, even though Mark, my partner, was a member of the secret seltzer club. But those at the brewery who were really into tasting and trying seltzers formed a secret seltzer club. And they would buy seltzers from wherever you could, whatever breweries or distilleries you could get them from. And they would trade and share seltzers and talk about seltzers. Like, why the heck aren't we making a seltzer? We have a club for it. We can make the stuff ourselves. So, and we thought we could make a really good one. So it took tons of science and research and experimentation and trial and error. Uh, and it is not beer at all. It's made with fermented dextrose. Um, oh, so cool. I was going to ask you how much you knew technically about it. It's not beer-based. There's, there's, it, it's not a grain-based product. It's made with fermented dextrose. But dextrose is, like, it's still... That's still technically in the beer category. Dextrose is from... According to the Excise Act, it's in the beer oh, category. Yeah. yeah, no, you're right. Sorry, dextrose is sugar. It's just okay. sugar. I was thinking of maltose. No, it's uh, and it's, it's like, if you read the Excise Act, it's it's in the beer category. It's not spirit-based. Yeah. It's not, not fruit-based. Um, but it's funny because it's not made from a grain either. It's made from sugar extracted from the stalk of a plant. That's so interesting. But, but it's, it's not, still, yeah, it's, not, it's still beer. It's but so, 
Does that mean your your seltzer is also fully gluten free? It's not malt based. And at it, all? We can't claim that because we process it on gluten, like equipment that processes gluten. So yeah. if you have celiac disease, like do not drink this because it's run on our canning line, which packages beer. And yeah. I mean, yes, everything is like caustic, sanitized at the wazoo and like yeah. very clean, sterile. Yeah, you just you don't lab test it to say it's less than one part per million. So don't drink it if that's a problem. Yeah, that I means mean, I, Erica can drink it. Oh yeah, she should try it. Um, yeah, I was so I really was going to order some with that last order, but like I try not to go too crazy on my orders. Like generally, it's to just keep me through the weekend, and normally there's a little bit of carryover as in today. But but sorry, keep going. Talk about it. You got two flavors of it, do you? We have two right now, yeah, um, uh, grape for tangerine and lemon lime, and so it's made with natural flavoring, and it's naturally fermented, and it has required way more, tr- like, way more R&D than a beer for us. It's like, our brewers are putting in tons of time and energy hmm. figuring out how to solve this, like, this new, um, I don't want to call it a problem, like a puzzle. Challenge, they, yeah, puzzle, that's good. Yeah, yeah so it's been really motivating and inspiring to kind of figure it out and even think about the ways that we're talking about it or displaying it or promoting it. Um, so it's been a fun project to work on um, because it's, it's a little out of the ordinary for us, but I love it. Like it's a great palate break from beer. Um, it is 5%. I wish I had one in front of me to show you. It's 5%. Um, it's very fizzy and bubbly and the what the brewers are probably most proud of is that it, the like any volatility or in terms of off flavors or anything like that from the fermentation of the of the dextrose is uh is non-existent so it is like extraordinarily clear uh clean and then also very very clear i think we triple filter it with three mm. filters it is like crystal clear like water yeah it's polished we call that polished that's beautiful it's brilliant yeah. so uh, if you ever I have so many geeky questions about this, but I might leave them all hit up Mark one time. When I can get back physically into the brewery, I'll bring Ginger by and I'll be like, okay, I got some questions. <laughs> but uh, actually, you already answered one because I was curious if you force carved it or if it was natural, but there's enough umph in there. But if it's 5%, um, there obviously would be, yeah. We top it up. <laughs> we totally top it up. You know, like, oh, yeah. Just for consistency, right? I mean, like from batch to batch, it's not going to be exactly the same carb level but we want you to get the same thing in the can yeah yeah and 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 balancing at the end is a different thing i I thought that perhaps you were that was the thing is i was trying to unpack it where i was like i know they have to be fermenting it themselves but you could ferment it still level everything out flavor wise and then just completely force carb it to whatever you want it you know carb it at and then be done with it but that if you're actually still kind of letting it do its thing naturally and then being like okay where are we yeah it's at i don't know i don't know what you're taking it up to but it's at two four and we wanted at two seven so we'll bump it up a little or something like that so that's cool yeah Yeah, it's really tasty we're drinking lots and lots of it uh and we have a so we, we launched it as 300 is the name of the brand it actually ended up at the end of the year being our 300th turn 300th brew through the brew house really Year. it was the last brew of the year and we thought that was kind of fun to commemorate it because 300 is like an exceptional batting average as well uh and we've never hit that many brews in a year so in a year that was like so tough to get there we were pretty thrilled that we, we hit 300 300 brew milestone 
Um, so we launched it as that, but that is more or less like our trial brand. It's the one we've been learning lots about. Um, packaged another batch of it under the 300 brand name, but in a few weeks we have a totally new seltzer brand launching uh, that my team has been working on a lot, uh, spending lots of time and energy and fun marketing side of, of seltzers. Uh, so I'm really, really thrilled to bring that one to market. And so we're going to have three flavors when we launch that one. Without, I'm already surprised, was not expecting that at all. Um, but, uh, you know, without giving too, too, too much away, that it's a different brand. I'm trying to think of how to ask this question without like. Is it just the same, is it just the same liquid? Is that what you're going to say? Uh, I guess if you're really reductive about the question, no, what I was going to say, like, is it that the, it's a different flavor neighborhood that you've gone to or no, no, actually two of the flavors will be great for tangerine and lemon lime. We've done tons of like flavor trial and dosing and tasting across the brewery, like setting up taste panel and getting people to come through and taste the flavors blind and identify what they like and rank them. Uh, and then when we find a flavor we like, the dialing in like how much of each fruit flavor is in it and ranking what they like. So there's been a lot of a lot of R and um, a lot of team participation. Would it be completely giving it away if I said so? What's the difference between the existing and the the different one that you're bringing out? I mean, could- the brand name is different from a marketing perspective, but we've learned a lot of little process things along the way. Uh, that we've dialed in. And so that was the point of making 300 was to learn about these process things and dial it in to make our, what's our left field seltzer brand. Oh, super cool. I get it. So this is like going forward, this will be your seltzer. Yeah. Wow. That's exciting. And that's two weeks from not when we're uh, recording from yeah. May 10th, around May 10th. We'll yeah, I, was, I was going to say mid-May. You can yeah. say mid-May. But you've already said the 10th, well, so we we're going to... Well, the 10th might get pushed back. We need everyone to buy the 300 so we can bring the new one out because America won't let me launch it until we get that out of the fridge. <laughs> I will get some 300 and, and help you out on that because that sounds fantastic. Uh, hey, it's getting late. Um, we're, I think, over an hour. The problem with Zoom is there's no timer. So whereas when I record on my uh, any yes, other uh, device, I have I'm no... i on my Zoom screen. You have a timer? It's right up in the corner beside the speaker where you could say speaker view or I got nothing gallery view nothing you have a timer yeah it says 118.45 I was about to guess 110 so there <laughs> you go uh I don't have that I use zoom every week to run my church services I've never seen a timer for that okay. I wonder how I get that I'm gonna have to look into that anyway um I don't think I have too much else to say. Uh, hey, thanks for hanging out, Mandy. And Mandy, this isn't like a, this is going to sound like funeral talk. This isn't funeral talk. Nobody's dying. But I don't know if I've ever properly thanked you for getting this off the ground. This Aww. is like, I, I'm not going to say I wouldn't have done it, but when I started thinking about doing a podcast... And I thought, I really probably to start with, I like, I, it can't just be me. It will just become jazz, which if you've ever seen the commitments is mu- musical wanking. Um, I did, I needed like, I needed to be doing it with somebody. And then when I started thinking about 
what I was listening to in podcasts and what my experiences in beer were. And I thought I need the right person to do this with. And, and I told you this at the time, my first thought was you. And I had, I didn't have any idea whether or not you were going to be game. And then you were, and that was fantastic. If you had said, no, I probably would have, you know, figured something out, found somebody and worked with them or whatever. Um, But, uh, but yeah, even though life stuff's changed uh, and, and that is totally cool. I mean, I went a year and a half without doing this at all because my life changed too. Um, But uh, the fact that I ended up restarting things was only because we'd had such a back catalog of stuff going and, and I felt at that point, I was like, I think I can do this. There'll be much shorter episodes and I've got a kind of loose framework until COVID screwed it all up um, of what we, what I'm going to do, but it never would have happened if, uh, if you hadn't come on board and, uh, and hung out for those first couple of years. So uh, I'm super thankful for that. And like literally every time I sit down to record, I have a moment of thought where I'm like, those were the days. Those are the days. This is going to be fine, but those were the days. That's so. fine. Thanks, for, thanks for saying that. And let's be honest, Chris, I didn't, I, sh- I showed up like barely every week with technical difficulties or usually running 10 minutes behind. You were super patient and, and you did all, you did all of the work. So. <laughs> it was fantastic. The model worked perfectly. It was great. It was amazing. And so I really appreciated it. So and it taught me something about myself as well. So thank you that I learned that I, I knew this already, but I learned that I really am a behind the scenes person and I much prefer to be making a brew schedule at my desk or guiding a team toward creating some new brands and not being in the spotlight. It's not my thing. <laughs> I just remember a handful of times and like maybe a generous handful of times where we would like sign off. And then I think people would know this at this point, we would talk for some amount of time, five to 25 minutes or whatever after the, after the call, but not infrequently, you would be like, do you remember when we talked about this thing? (laughs) And I'd be like, yeah, and be like, we need to, we need to, we need to not have talked about that. (laughs) And I just loved, cause I was like, in the moment we were just going and doing it and you were like rolling, but like you never turned off that part of like, I still need to be a responsible adult. And I love that because like, it, and it wasn't always like, in fact, a lot of the time it wasn't like protecting like left field intellectual property or something like that. Like, Oh, I said, I, I, I teased a thing that we shouldn't have teased yet. It was never anything like that. It was always more about like, I don't think that, that I, I think we said some stuff there and it's probably best if it didn't go out. And I'd be like, you know what? You're probably right. So in a way, like you were the adult in the room and that really helped a lot. So I appreciate that. The adult in the room since I was a five-year-old. It's just, <laughs> I'm still not the adult in the room. So it's, uh, it worked out well. So I appreciate it. Boring being over here. I appreciate the, the glimpse into not being over here. <laughs> so good. Uh, anyway, like I said, sort of funeral talk. That's not the end. Don't worry, guys. This is the, we're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna carry on. Um, and I'll get you back on sooner than the last interval. Let's say that. Sure, because, yeah, let's do it. yeah, yeah. We'll we'll check in 
you know, maybe in the summer, we'll do a little catch up, see how that new seltzer's rolling. And, uh, and yeah, so get on, uh, oh, I feel terrible. Give me your website. Is it leftfieldbeer.com? Leftfieldbrewery.ca. Look, I didn't get any of the last, second half of that, right? That's why I needed you here. Um, and then when you're looking for the free beer delivery, click shop. That's the best place to find it. Shop, shop, shop. Yep. And whatever you order, Make sure at least a six pack of it is uh, seltzer because it's really good by all accounts. I haven't checked it out yet, but I have complete faith. Uh, and Mandy's not allowed to sell the new one until they sold the old one. So I can use your help, please. Yeah, do a public service and order a little extra alcohol to your house. And uh, I was going to say, it's funny. I remember earlier on in the pandemic, I had an order. I was like, I was trying to really spread things around a bit. And like hit this brewery and that brewery and that. And then I started realizing I was like, I love Great Lakes and I love Amsterdam. But at this point now, they're actually doing okay with their home delivery and they've got a bankroll and you know, they're they're gonna be okay. I need to focus in on the littler guys a little bit. And uh I'd had an order or two from you guys, and then I did an order one week. And I remember I, there was a period when you had to pick a delivery window. And the delivery window that I needed to pick was like two and a half or three days away because I guess delivery time was like full. And I was like, oh, I guess that's a good problem to have. <laughs> so I made that order and then I was like, I ordered a couple from like Godspeed and a couple from New York and I was like, oh, I have another one from left field. And the, it was a closer interval and I was like, okay, that's okay. But like, They're still doing okay. They're not gonna deliver it to me in three hours. So I think everything's okay. But, uh, but yeah, I remember that. And so then I hadn't had an order in a couple of months if I'm honest, maybe even more time's kind of bleeding together and when i ordered this last batch i was like oh it's just next day oh that's great that's what i really am looking for i just want to order on a thursday and get beer on a friday and you guys are smashing it for people in the m's so all of toronto next day it's perfect i love it the one thing i keep saying i know how awful i legit like logistically figuratively and literally logistics um nightmare for every brewery to have to figure out how to do that. Um, but I'm very thankful that you guys have. And I, I, I almost want to say, I don't want this to go away. I've gotten really used to just being able to order beer and they just leave it on my front porch and I wave out the window and they go, hi, and I go, hey. And, uh, and then that's it. That's, that's what we're saying around the brewery is, I mean, like the, I told you earlier, the licensee sales team is working on the home delivery program but we also know we can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. So it's like, what do we do with home delivery when licensee turns back on? And when, do, when does that happen? And then what does this program look like? And how do we plan for it? But with all that in mind, like, I wouldn't be surprised or blame anybody if as soon as you don't have to, it's like, no more, guys. You can physically come to the brewery again. You can pick up your own damn beer. Like... No, I don't remember who said this, but so I heard something one time and I've adopted it for ourselves is that I've ripped it off from someone. So this is not an original thought, but we're in the business of giving people what they want. I think it was actually Carlos Brito, which is a horrible person to be quoting, the CEO or president of uh, ABMF. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, like, well, I got to tell you, they're not in my business. They're not giving me what I want at all, but that's we're just... We're in the business of giving people what they want. So if home delivery is a convenient way to get your beer and that's how you want to spend your dollars, like, then that's what I need to do as a business owner. To get I just, my thing, I don't know. 
no, we need to sign off. I'm going to ask you about this after, though. We'll see. But we'll let, I'm going to sign off, and then I'm going to ask you about this, because it needs to be off the record. There's going to be some numbers here. So uh, so anyway, have a great night, cut everybody. Cut the part. I just quoted Carlos Bertero. Sorry, Mandy, you have to ask me that after the call. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. Keep it up. You know, a stopped clock is right twice a day. So... Uh, <laughs> Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Good long one. So good to have Mandy back. Oh, like old times. You know what's interesting? I've gotten out of the habit not listening to Jack Johnson right now. I don't listen to anything in my headphones aside from the call. So Here. not everything's the same. COVID's Here. changed us all. <laughs> uh, but thank you, as always, as ever. Uh, for this and for everything and uh it was really good that was a ton of fun uh everybody uh next monday you know the drill just after 9 30 or 9 it's 9 30 now uh in real time uh just after nine uh jump on i'm on instagram on the youtube check us out on the podcast players whatever take care of each other if you can get your vaccine get it in your arm i'm getting mine done when you're listening to this tomorrow so uh yeah first dose right in right in this guy right here uh so that'll be exciting and uh so as soon as you can don't worry about who is it is they're all mostly effective stick it in your body you're gonna get these every year for the rest of your life if you really want the other guy just get it in 2022 you don't need that one right now just anything will do so uh that's it mandy thank you last thoughts you good no thanks chris this was fun Oh, always a pleasure. Uh, so yeah, we'll chat at you in seven days to the minute.